John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. All right, let's pray and then we'll get serious this morning. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you that we can uh, come here and laugh and cut up and have a good time together, dear Lord. But in these next few minutes, let us get serious, dear Lord. Let us give you our undivided attention. Uh, let us hear what your word has to say. And I pray that you just hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, that I would speak a good word that would, that would be beneficial for each one that's here, dear Lord. And so I pray that you just help us to understand and see what your word is talking about today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus had been dealing with a man named Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, and who had been inquiring of Jesus about really who he was, what it meant to be born again. Jesus had told him about being born again. Jesus had talked about uh, being part of the kingdom. Uh, and, and, and he was telling Nicodemus that, that to be part of the kingdom of God, he had to be born again. And that was not a physical birth. And Nicodemus kind of, he couldn't figure that out. He kind of struggled. So Jesus explained to him what was going on. Jesus talked about being born again. And Jesus also talked about uh, that he, Jesus, was the only way uh, that we could be forgiven. Now, he didn't use those exact words there, but as we looked at John 3.16 a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jesus used that type of language, that, 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 that God loved the world in this way that he gave his only, uh, one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so he was pointing Nicodemus to, to himself. Jesus was saying, I am that one that, this, that this, this word is talking about. Now Jesus later went on to say in the verses after that that he didn't come to condemn the world but to save the world. Now it's important for us to understand uh, what Jesus was talking about there. Now when we think about condemnation, or for me at least, I typically think about a judgment. That is, someone does something that is wrong and they are found guilty of whatever it is that they have done. And therefore, as a result of that, any good judge, and we've talked about God in the past being a good judge, any good judge will have to bring punishment, a sentence will have to be served, uh, and, and a judgment will have to be carried out. For a judge to be good, he has to serve justice to those who deserve it. Now, God is a good God, and there is coming a day that there will be judgment on those who have sinned. There's coming a day of judgment. We see that clearly in Scripture. But what Jesus was saying when he said that he came to save and he didn't come to condemn, is he wasn't saying that it was going to be that way forever. But Jesus was saying, here when I come the first time, as I come and as I preach and as I teach and as I go around and minister and do miracles, it's so that you can be saved. Because there's coming a time that Jesus will return. And when Jesus returns, the time of salvation and the time to be saved will be past. You see, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem before he was crucified, he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. That was the lowest, most humblest of all animals. And that, that, that symbolized kind of who Jesus was. He was a humble Savior. He was a Savior who cared more about you and I and all of His disciples and all of the people throughout the history of the world than He did for Himself. Now Jesus could have came into town in Jerusalem even way back then and He could have run things the way He wanted to. But that was not the King that He was meant to be. 
He was first meant to be a king who was humble and a king who was going to give his life as a ransom for many so that he could pay the price for our sentence and our judgment that we deserve through God. Now, that was the first time Jesus came. And as he stated to Nicodemus, he didn't come to condemn, he came to save. Now, we're still living in that generation, uh, in, that, in, that, in that time period in which Jesus desires to save us. Yeah. Jesus doesn't desire to destroy and condemn us. It's God's, God's desire that we would all repent and be saved. That's why God is long-suffering or patient with us. God could destroy us, but we cannot confuse uh, God's patience with us as God's acceptance of sin that's going on in the world. We may say, well, all this bad stuff's happening in the world, or I'm doing these bad things and God's not doing anything, so therefore he must be okay with it. Well, God's patience does not, does not uh, speak of his acceptance. Instead, God's patience shows us uh, how much he desires for us to turn. He's giving us every opportunity in our lives to turn. Whether we die today or whether Jesus comes back tomorrow, there's at some point in time in our life that, that it is going to come to an end. And once our life is at an end, there is no chance of repentance at that point. That's why it's important for us to hear these words of Jesus. Because now, today, is the day of repentance. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of redemption. While Jesus is still saving while Jesus is still on the throne after giving himself as a sacrifice because the day is coming that Jesus will return. And when Jesus returns, he won't come in riding on a donkey as a humble Savior. The Scriptures tell us in the book of Revelation that Jesus will come in riding on a white horse. Now the commander, the general, the leader is the one who rides the white horse. And when Jesus returns the next time, there will be judgment that will come from that. That's some heavy stuff. If you read the book of Revelation, you see. And some people may say, well, that's not fair. How can Jesus do that? Well, what's not fair is that Jesus died on a cross for us. And what's not fair is that Jesus has given us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity our whole life. You want to talk about what's not fair... That's not fair. What would have been fair is for Jesus to say, they're sinners, they deserve to suffer the consequences of their own sin. That would have been fair for Jesus to do. So when Jesus returns, and judgment is carried out, and those who have put their faith and trust and accepted Jesus Christ are spared, and judgment is poured out on those who have rejected Jesus Christ, there will be no need to say, this is not fair. I didn't know. I didn't know, God. I didn't know. I, I, I heard these things about you, but, but how was I supposed to know they were going to be true? God, why didn't you do something? God, why didn't you do a miracle? Why didn't you... God, I didn't know. It's going to be too late. That's right. Now, I don't want any of us to be those who are saying, but God, I didn't know. Because we know. That's right. I know you know because you've been in here the last several months, few years that we've been coming. And if you don't know, one, either you haven't been reading your Bible, or two, I've done a horrible job telling you about Jesus Christ. 
And it's not that. And so if, if, if you don't understand what I'm saying, then go home and read your Bible and let the Holy Spirit tell you because we don't want to be those who don't know. Now there's coming a day that Jesus will come in judgment, but praise the Lord that that day has not happened yet. It may be today, it may be before we get out of here, I don't know. Which means I better get to preaching and give you guys an opportunity to make a decision if you need to. Now that was quite the introduction, right? That was good stuff. And that ain't even what we were talking about today. That was just, that was just we just got off on judgment and condemnation. But that's, but that's, but that's what Jesus was saying. I didn't, I didn't want us to, to misunderstand what Jesus was saying there when He said, oh, He didn't come to condemn. There's going to be a day when judgment is going to come. But that day had not come yet for Nicodemus, and it has not come yet for us. Praise the Lord. Oh yes. All right, here we go. John chapter 3, verse 19. This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But everyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Now this is a good illustration for us that's easy for us to understand. We see, we see good and evil, we see sinfulness and righteousness all throughout the Bible described as darkness and light. Light being the good and darkness being the bad. And that's a simple illustration, but it's one that we can wrap our heads around. It's one that one of the most famous movie series ever made is based upon, Star Wars. They have the light side and the dark side. And they are constantly at struggle with one another. And it always looks like the dark side is more powerful. The dark side is always wreaking havoc. And there's only a few, it seems like, ever on the light side. There's those one or two Jedis that are always trying to keep balance in the Force. Now, that's a good illustration for us. Some of you watch Star Wars and you get it. Some of you say, well, that's stupid. But, but we understand that I idea. Understand. I, I have we, two sons. That one over there and the one in California. Yeah. And we understand that difference between good and evil. We understand that sometimes it appears as though evil is taking over. But there is the light. And anywhere there is the presence of light, darkness flees. Now, Jesus says in the Scripture here that this is the judgment. This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because of their evil deeds. Now, is that not true or what? The light has come into the world. Right. The light is Jesus Christ. Right. The light has come into the world, but people have chosen sinfulness over Jesus because they like the evil deeds and the darkness more than they like the light. Now, that's going to be the judgment that is going to come. That judgment will take place because they have said, I would rather have sin than I would grace. I would rather live evil then I would live in the presence of God. And so we see this battle that is going on. And this is nothing new, by the way. Things have been this way forever. Things have been evil forever. We think, boy, it's worse now than it's ever been. Well, I don't believe that for a second because I've read the Bible and things were pretty, pretty bad back then. And things are still pretty bad in this day and age. 
For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. Now, how true is that? Because what do we do? What do we do when we are living in sin? We don't want that sin to be exposed. We sin in secret. Now, sadly, it seems like in our culture, people are more willing to sin in public. But generally speaking, when we know we are doing something that is sinful, we do it in secret. We go to a hiding place. We make sure all the doors are locked. We make sure the windows are closed. We drive to a spot that's far away so nobody will know and see what we are doing. Oh, yes. We want to sin in the darkness. Mm-hmm. We don't go out into the middle of the street and begin to do our evil acts and do right. the things that we shouldn't be doing and say the things that we shouldn't be saying. Go ahead. Instead, we do those things in secret. Go ahead. We want to hide in the darkness. Go ahead. And then the light begins to come into our life sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now the light may come into our life by reading God's Word. Yes. When we read God's Word and we read the truth and it says what you're doing is wrong, it burns us to the, to the core. It, yes. it, it cuts us. We, we hurt. We cringe. And we shut the book. We don't want to hear it. Oh, shut, the, shut, the, yeah. shut the cover yes. of the book. We don't want to hear it. We don't want the light because it comes into our heart mm-hmm. and it reveals our evil. And sometimes, even us sitting in this room, we would rather live in our sin than we would turn to Jesus. And so we quit listening to Jesus and we run from the light and we run to the darkness. Yes. Because the darkness is safe and nobody can see us there. and Nobody knows oh, yes. what we're Somebody's doing there. there. And that's oh, exactly... Yes what Jesus is talking about here. That's exactly what our culture does, and that's exactly what sometimes you and I do. We don't want to see the light because it hurts us. Sometimes we're exposed to the light by other people. Sometimes it's somebody in our life, and they tell us exactly what we need to hear, but we don't want to hear it. So you know what we do? We avoid those people. We try not to see them. We try not to come in contact with them. We say mean things about them. We try to talk them down because we want to justify ourselves. And then we say something like, Who are they to judge me? Judge not lest you be judged. That's right. And then we try to justify ourselves. But we got to be careful with that scripture. That's right. Because we have to judge between good and evil. The Bible tells us to judge between good and evil. There are times, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we need to point out a brother and sister in Christ's sin. Mm -hmm. Now be careful and listen when I say that. It doesn't mean that we run around and every time we first see somebody sinning, we jump on. Bam! You're sinning! You're sinning! You're sinning! Well, that's not the that's not always the, the, the point. There are people I that I see sin all the time, but I don't run up to them in sin. But there are times in our life where those that we love may be involved in sin, when those are, who are a part of our fellowship may be involved in sin, and it's hurting them, or it's hurting the body as a whole, and those things have to be addressed. There are times that we have to point out things to our children or our friends or our church members. We're called to do that in Scripture. We don't condemn them. That's God's job. But we do have to address sin as it comes up sometimes. 
So be prayerful before you go jumping on somebody else's sin. Jesus doesn't say, if you read the rest of those verses, judge not lest you be judged. He doesn't say, uh, don't ever judge, as we see through many other scriptures. But what he says, if you read further, is, but first take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brother's. He doesn't say, don't take the speck out of your brother's eye. He says, before you do that, judge yourself. That's right. Yeah. Now, that's, that's careful right. that we, we recognize that. Because, see, oftentimes we may want to jump on people. But Jesus says, there may be a time that you need to call out a brother or sister for sinning. But before you do that, you first need to look at yourself. Right. Make sure you're not being hypocritical. Maybe there are some things that you need to repent of. And once you get your life right with God, then you will be equipped to go and help a brother and sister get their life back right with God. So we need to be careful with that type of language. We need to be careful when we talk about those types of things. But there is a time that sometimes we must call people out for their sinful behavior. And oftentimes when we are living in sin, we want to flee from those people. Why? Because they're speaking truth into our life. A truth that we don't want to hear. A truth that you are living sinfully. That you are saying things and acting in a way and doing things that you should not do that God's Word says are sinful and unhealthy. And so sometimes we may have had people in our life or may have people in our life now that may be speaking a truth into our life that we need to hear but we don't want to hear. So if that's the case, don't get angry with that person who probably genuinely loves you. They may not. They may just want to jump on you and judge you, and they may be a hypocrite. Or they may actually genuinely love and care about you. Maybe what you need to do instead of trying to jump on them is to pray for yourself. That's right. Pray that God would remove that darkness that's in your heart. That, that, that this caused you to, to pull back from those who love and care about you. If the light is trying to get in, the best thing to do is let it in. Oh, yes. Because the more you live in darkness, the, the angrier you will get. Right. The more depressed you will get. Right. The more bitter you will get. The more you will think that everybody is out to get you and that you're right and everybody else is wrong and shame on them. And that's what the darkness does. It grows. You feed on it until a point where it can overtake you. That's what happened to Darth Vader in Star Wars. Now, I know that ain't scriptural, but it's a good illustration for us. He got angry. Watch Star Wars Episode 3. It's not very good, I'll tell you, I'll admit. It's not as good as the old ones. But it helps you to see Darth Vader, a guy who was living in the light and who let his anger and his attitude overtake him to the point that he was full of rage. And that same thing can happen to us. So when light comes into our life, if it really stings, then you probably it's probably from God. If somebody speaks something into your life and it kind of cuts to the core and it kind of maybe makes you angry or mad, it's a good possibility it may be something that you need to hear. If you are reading God's Word and you feel convicted and you don't want to read anymore because it's making you feel bad, read a little more. Now that's hard to do, right? It's hard to do. There's been days I've closed that Bible, but there's been other days where I'm like, i got to keep reading as much as I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Because that's the cure. 
That's the cure for our darkness and our anger and our hatred is to, is to, is to pour the light into our lives. That's the medicine. If we're living in darkness, it affects us greater than we can know. I remember reading an article. This was a few years back. I don't remember all the details. But they, they, they gathered up a large group of people, just normal people, all of them you know, mentally stable, no problems, just, just normal people. And they split them up into two different buildings. And they kept them there for several weeks. And, and one building was just a normal building. Now, they, they didn't come or go. Everything was taken care of there. This was part of a controlled study. Uh, but, but they had everything they needed there, food. Uh, it was well lit. They had lots of windows and doors that they could look out and they could see the outside. That was one group. And the other group was kept in a building where it was dim, where there were no windows, where there was no light, where there was no view of the outside. It was darkness. And at the end of the few weeks that they conducted this study, they found that the people who lived in the light area were, were happy. They were fine. There was no change in them. They were good as could be. But most of the people who were living in the dark area were depressed. And that's, that's a good example of what darkness does to us. When we, when we shut ourselves off from the light, we may not even realize it, but it has an effect on us. It has a negative effect on us. It's just like if you've ever watched a vampire movie, vampires only come out and do their evil deeds at night. Because what happens if a vampire is out during the day when the sun comes up? He begins to burn. He begins to, to smoke. He begins to... He's in pain. He's hurting because the light is affecting him because he's used to being in the darkness. Now, the same is true for us. When we live in the darkness and we begin to love the darkness and we begin to get consumed by the darkness and by evil, it affects us to the point that when any light touches us, it burns. But here's the good thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that it can go into the deepest, darkest parts of our heart. The parts that nobody else can get to. The parts that nobody else knows about. The parts of our heart that we have locked away behind a door and shut it and locked it away behind another door and wrapped a chain around it and locked it behind another door and tied concrete bricks and threw it into the deepest, darkest ocean of our heart. Those things that we are keeping so bottled up that we don't want anybody to see. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so powerful, it goes and it can get in there just like that. And that's what... Jesus is telling Nicodemus in these verses. He's saying, look, here's the problem. There are some who are going to reject and there is coming a day that that judgment will come on them and that judgment comes on them because they reject me. Because they've rejected Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I have come, I have brought light. But Jesus says, by me bringing light and speaking truth, the people didn't want to hear it. The people didn't want to hear it. There's a story of a guy named Stephen. He was preaching to the people. They didn't want to hear it so bad. They covered their ears and they screamed, Aah! and they ran and they rushed him and they killed him. Why? Because he was speaking light into their darkness. They didn't want to hear the truth because it convicted them. It was going to change their behavior and their attitude and they did not want that. And they panicked. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that His works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Now we have a question to answer, each one of us. I don't know anybody's heart. But are you living in darkness? Or are you living 
in the truth as Jesus says. Because those who live in the truth, they embrace the light. They accept the light. They run to the light. Now it may be that there are some in this room and you've been living in sin. You may not be a Christian. I don't know. You may be a Christian and just you're not living the way you should be. But if either of those two are in this room, whether you're not saved and you've been living in darkness your whole life today, life, and today you get it, or whether you're a Christian and you've been living in sin that you shouldn't be and you need to repent, the cure for that is to run to the light, to embrace the light, to say, you know what, I don't want to hear this, I don't like this, but it's true. I'm a sinner. I confess. I'm a sinner, I'm a worthless, dirty sinner, and what I've been doing, the way I've been living, the way I've been acting is not what God desires of me. And that's what the Bible calls us to. That's what Jesus calls us to. That's what the whole New Testament calls us to. To repent, to turn from what you were doing, but not just turn from what you were doing, that is a life of sin, but run to Jesus. It's not just enough to stop sinning, praise the Lord if you stop sinning, but just, just, just stopping sinning is not going to save you. Yes, we stop sinning and we run to Jesus Christ. We embrace the light. We accept that Jesus is the one and only Son of God. That He did give His life for us on a cross. That He did die for us. That what He speaks to us is truth. And that He will bring forgiveness. That He will bring grace. That He will save us from condemnation and judgment when that day comes. Because He has accepted all the judgment that we deserve on our behalf. I don't know anybody's heart in here. But if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, I'm telling you, you're living in darkness. Give it up. The devil uses that over you. He makes you feel ashamed. He makes you feel guilty. But Jesus can free you from your sins. He can free you from your guilt. He can free you from your shame. Stop living in the darkness and run to Jesus and live in the light. Let's pray. Amen. God, we thank you for these good words today. And I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has not accepted you, Lord Jesus, that they would do so. That maybe in their heart they realize that maybe they've gone to church a lot or maybe they've even read your word a lot, but they just don't know you as their Lord and Savior. Maybe there are some that just today they just got it. You just convicted them of their sin and, their, and the things that they've been doing and they know that they've been wrong, God, and they just, they just want to give those things to you today, God. I pray that they would just come to you and just say to you that they repent. Just speak that in their heart, dear Lord. It doesn't even have to be word spoken, dear Lord. You already know their hearts and whether or not they've accepted this, 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 this truth. Whether today or whether in the past, God, you already know, dear Lord. And so, God, I pray that if there is one in this room that hasn't accepted Jesus, God, that they would repent of their sins, that they would acknowledge Jesus as their Lord and Savior in their heart and accept His sacrifice on the cross. And God, if there is one in... In this room that has made that decision today, dear Lord, I pray that they would just come to me later. They'd just pull me to the side and, and, just, and just confess that to me or to any of us, dear Lord, to all of us, that they today made Jesus their Lord and Savior, God, and we'll follow through with baptism just like you command us to do, dear Lord. Maybe there are some in here today, God, that are yours and they're just living in darkness. I pray that you would just uh, help them not to run from the light, dear Lord, but if there's conviction of sin in their life, God, that they just would run to the light. That they would not cringe. That they would 
God, just accept that they are a sinner and doing wrong, dear Lord, and just repent of that. We thank you, God, for letting us come. I thank you for a good day. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.